Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. and practical, informative and inspirational. How you gonna do better if you don't know what better looks like? I do. Come on, let's talk about it with me, the Mind Massager. we go all right so what's up y'all what's up welcome to the intellectual stew for another episode or encounter or experience or whatever you however you quantify it um it's uh, another episode of the intellectual stew and i am excited we come to you every 
Monday night at 9 p.m. And we discuss uh, hard issues, conversations that probably not too many other people are having, but we're not really concerned about other people. We're just concerned about what we are trying to do. So if you would, as you come in, would you please, ma'am, please, sir, share this thread, say hello, let me know you're there. Um, I'm kind of filibustering right now a little bit, waiting on our special guest to get here. But we're going to come on actually twice this week. Here he comes. All right. So we're actually going to come on. I'm going to bring him in in just one moment. Y'all give me one second. Let me get, let me get a, let me, let me, let me, let me pay a couple of commercials right quick. Give me one hot second and we'll, we'll. Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? Testing one, two, three. Can y'all hear me? If you can hear me, say something in the chat and let me know you're there. If y'all can hear me, let me uh, say something in the chat and let me know that you are there. Say hello. Say hi. So don't be don't be rude. Come in there. So okay, I see a reaction. So maybe that that is letting me know that you are there. You all that are there, do me a favor. Share this thread. What's up, Vita? How you doing, young lady? All right, cool. Where my class? former classmates listen we are uh listen once again it's uh another episode of the intellectual stew it's 906 so we're getting started a little late but i am excited tonight about our special guest i am inter uh i am going to be interviewing jay wellsby uh and he is the author of the book called changed and he says you'll never look at cheating the same way again let me preface this by saying that this is a fiction book okay it's not it's not, it's not nonfiction. Okay. But I'm gonna bring him on. Hey, what's up, Cynthia? How you doing? What's up, Terry? Good. Everybody's here. Good. Let me go and bring him in. Let me bring him in. Cause I've, I've, I've started y'all a little late. Let me make sure we can hear him. Sound check. Mic check. What's up, Jay? No, got your mute on. I got, let me un unmute your mic on your end. 
uh, unmute. Yeah, there you go. Okay, can you hear me now? I got you. And guess what? There is no echo either. That is great. What's up, bro? Hey, how you doing? Man, good. I'm glad. To, hey, I'm glad to have you on the show. Now, I'm gonna get, uh, when we met last week outside that store and I got your book, you said, and I told you I had a podcast, you said, you're going to want me to come on your podcast. And you said that's just as cocky as you could be. So you knew I was going to want you to be on this podcast. Bro, um, I've, been, I've been heard. People done told me I'm a little arrogant at times, but it's just confidence. That's all. Is that what it is? Yeah, they, they, they misconstrued uh, arrogance for uh, confidence. Well, there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. You know, there, there's a very, very fine line between arrogance and confidence. And uh, thankfully, I'm, I'm able to recognize the difference. So uh, I was cool with that. I got the book from you. When I got it, um, I read the I read the back of it immediately. That that captured my attention. Uh, then I think a couple of days later, I might have read the first two. I read the preface. I read, you know, who, when you introduced the main character and whatnot. And then I said, uh, I know I'm going. I need to read this book because when I called you, it was like what Tuesday, right? Yes. It was Tuesday, and you said you needed seven days. You said you would work it out for me, and um, and uh, and I had all the time to read the book, man. But I am the serial procrastinator. I promise you, I'm a serial procrastinator. But I didn't want to have this conversation without reading the book. So I'm gonna tell you what I did, man. I binged today. I didn't turn my TV on all day, and if you have what 297 pages or whatever, I might have read 250 pages today. I did. I woke up about 7:30. And uh, I turned on the TV and I saw the little fight between Jawan Howard and uh, <laughs> University of, or whatever, uh, Wisconsin. But then I cut the TV off and I said, you know what? Let me uh, put this phone on. Do not disturb. And let's uh, let's go ahead and knock this book out. Because, you know what? I wanted to have a substantive conversation, even though it's fictional characters. There's so many truths you know, and so many uh, so many so much underlying innuendo in the book. And I wanted to make sure we. Uh, talked about that, and I think my listeners, um, as they come in tonight, I think they'll. If y'all have any questions, you know, listen, y'all, y'all, ladies and uh, gentlemen, y'all, let us know as well. But Jay, first of all, before we get into the book, tell me who is Jay Wellsby? Tell me about Jay Wellsby. Where are you from? Upbringing? What inspired you to start writing? Things of those types of th th things of that nature. Okay, well, I was born in West Palm Beach. Um, my dad. Um, who was dead. I'm a junior. Um, his name was Jerry Wells Sr. My mother's name is Jacqueline Wells. Um, she was a beautician and they actually met in California. Okay. And I guess what the common fact of them both being from Florida is what brought them together. Um, and they came back home, um, had me, I'm the firstborn child. Um, I moved from West Palm Beach when I was two years old to Miami. Um, I come from this part called Goose, Florida. And um, after Hurricane Andrew, um, I ended up moving or being relocated to Overtown, okay. Miami. Um, so from there, I ended up going to going back to West Palm to stay with my dad when I became a teenager in high school, um, just for discipline reasons, which I will always thank God that I ended up doing that because being raised by a man is different from a woman. Okay. And um, when I moved back with him, you know, in West Palm Beach, I got educated um, at, you know, different high schools there. I went to four different high schools. I just moved around a lot. Um, after that, I went to college for a little while at um, TCC, which is Tallahassee Community College. And I also went to Florida State for two years. Um, I didn't get my degree 
Uh, but the educate, ed education that I did get in college, it actually helped me write um, my book. Okay. When, when, did, when, did you, when did you develop, I mean, when did you develop a passion for writing? Uh, uh, when did you know you had, I mean, what, did it start with short stories? Did it start with poems? Did you used to write raps? I mean, what, what, when did you start, when did your passion develop for writing? Well, to be honest, when I was in school, I could barely read and write. Okay. Um, so when I got out of high school, I graduated with all C's. Mm. Um, so I never had an idea I'd be a writer. I was never passionate about writing anything. Really? No. Man, I'm gonna be um, honest because I, I had a, I had a, we had some good. Te I'm from North Little Rock, Arkansas. And we had some pretty good English teachers, and I remember one specifically, uh, Miss Sue Perry. And I took a creative writing class with Miss Perry. What's up, Ashley? I took a creative writing class with Miss Perry, and she started us writing short stories and poetry. And she kind of taught us the in and ins and outs of writing. Now I'm I was lazy and didn't write as much as I should. So that's what I was asking. When did so? When did that trigger turn for you? Or when when uh when did it? When did you start writing? Or what what did something so, occur in yeah, your life? So I'm, I'm about to give it to you right now. So you okay. can, like I'm trying to bring the story together how I gotcha. became passionate about it. Um so what ends up happening is um that when I self started self teaching myself how to uh read and write, I started by reading. Okay. Um the first book I ever read was Malcolm X, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um then I got into John Grissom type books and I just would read and underline words and stuff like that. Um, so with that, I started getting the gist of how stories go. Okay. Even though I wasn't ever passionate about writing a story, but I had the gist of it. So at the end of the day, I used to work in construction. And when I got laid off, um, during the recession, um, I took the Facebook and I really didn't understand the nuances of Facebook because prior to that, I never was on any social media. Mm -hmm. So I, I took um, Facebook as the opportunity to start writing short stories out of boredom. So boredom is actually the reason that I first started writing stories okay. just for attention, I guess. So over time, I had many people come in my inbox and say, man, you, you, you can write a really good story. So then I started becoming passionate about it because people started believing in um, the stories that I was writing. And I finally decided um to actually write a book so that's when my passion came at what age did you develop that passion 32 hmm. 33. oh wow okay and then you wrote your first book when i had to be uh when i published that book 2017 i had to be like 39 40 when i first published that book okay yeah. so you're writing so you're writing short stories you're learning the structure of writing you learn to kind of get to get the fluidity and the flow of writing all those things people telling you that you're writing that you write that they enjoy your writing and so that ignited that passion to take you into what you're doing and so what you're doing now right that's good man that's that's good that's good uh so well, well, I, could i just say just one more thing on it sure I, this is your I honestly hour. i honestly got tired of going to jail so i used to be a criminal too Okay. Um, I sold weed for many years. I've been to jail like over 20 times. And I remember when I went the last time um, at 32 and I turned 33 mm -hmm. uh, while I was in jail, I, I promised myself that I wouldn't go back and I had to find a different avenue. 
Okay. Um, and prior to that, I actually won a writing contest, and that was part of it too. I won, I won a writing test, uh, contest. Um, matter of fact, two times in a row. So that that gave me the the confirmation that I needed that I I was a skilled writer. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've I've witnessed it for myself <laughs> because I have uh, I've had the pleasure of of reading the book. Uh, and uh, so the book, you all, let me see if I, I can put it up. You, I don't know if you can see it from here. But it's called Changed by author Jay Wellsby. Changed for those that don't know. And uh, the subtitle is You'll Never Look at Cheating the Same Way Again. Now, what was the inspiration for this book? Because we're going to get into some of the characters here in a minute. But what was the inspiration? Because, I mean, when, when you look at, first of all, if you, if you look at it on surface value, Changed, you never look at cheating. So I'm looking for hopefully something good going to come out of this about never look at, but that's me looking at it at the surface. But of course, when you get into it and it's a little deeper, do you write a fiction book with the end in mind? I guess that's the question. What was, what, what was the inspiration for that? Um, well, I, th I think cheating is prevalent. Um, I tell people all the time, it's hard to be satisfied with one person especially when you get used to get used to them um, at the beginning, you know, it's a bunch of flowers and candy and a lot of uh, um, shivery and stuff like that. Um, but what happens once you get accustomed to them? Um, you know, when you go out by yourself, do you still got it? Because I think a lot of things um, definitely with cheating comes to cheating is predicated from childhood. Okay. Um, whether it was your father doing it, whether, whether it was your friends doing it, or your uncle, um, it, it's always been a sense of pride for a man to have multiple women and being sneaky and being able to get away with it. So I thought it was a, sto a story that I could bring bring to life. Uh, all right, now you're about to start some mess. You, and, and I get it. I'm, I'm with you. On, I'm on your side because uh, when you say it, uh, you know, cheating is a sense of pride. I Me mean, have what, 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 I heard what you just said, but one of the women in the chat said, "Hmm." So you know, they they're going. This is a fictional story, ladies. This is a fictional story. <laughs> I just want that to be understood. Do me a favor. Everybody that's in the, in the, in the chat right now, uh, share this thread for me real quick. And let's get this conversation going because y'all heard what he just said. He said, what you say it again. Go ahead. You said cheating is what? It's prevalent, number one. And what mm -hmm. else? Sense of pride. It's a sense of pride. Okay. Because you, get, get, you know what? We did a show a few months ago called Why Men Cheat. And we had uh, Doc Charles E. Williams came on. And he talked about how on the plantation, uh, you had the Mandinga. And the Mandinga, of course, was the one who would go. He was a stud. He would go around and impregnate all the women, you know, on the on the land. Because that's free labor for, you know, the uh, the master and all that kind of stuff, right? So men were kind of used. And Eastern culture, of course, they were used to dealing with multiple women and all that kind of stuff. Now, we come, the farther west we come uh, and, and get into an egalitarian type culture, then, of course, the thing is, one wife, you know, no cheating and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's a difference of culture. And then you got this culture clash thing going on. So when you say cheating is a sense of pride, I understand where you come from in a coming from a male perspective. Yeah, I mean, that well, at that time, males were kind of setting the perspective at that time. But I, I don't want to argue, Terry. Don't beat me up tonight. Well, yes, I do. Let's y'all let's say I'll talk about it in the chat. We can talk about it. So let's go ahead. We're going we're gonna to start talking about, first of all, you said the inspiration came because cheating it it's prevalent so that's something that people did so i got it so in the book tell us about the main character his name is jacob tell me about jacob well not going too far into the story 
Um, okay. The, the character Jacob is this tall, dark, and handsome man. Okay. Um, I kind of got the idea of him just for the simple fact that that's what I hear that women want. So I kind of played on that, um, just on the surface level of pretty much describing a man that most women would find attractive. Um, he's into personal training. Um, in my opinion, he's a good husband, but some people will say not. Um, he has his struggle, and his struggle sometimes is just dealing with sexuality, which I think we all do have struggle in some shape, form, or matter with some form of sexuality, whether it's masturbation, whether it's seeking this woman, that woman, or it could be uh, watching too much porn. So uh, when I wrote him, I just wanted him to be this guy that pretty much most women would want to be with. Gotcha. Is it, ladies, is, is that is that true? Is that what women want? Do they want tall, dark, and handsome? Are women are y'all attracted to aesthetics? Are y'all attracted to? I mean, are y'all visual in nature? I mean, because you know, people talk about being able to judge a book by its cover. You know, uh, so you know that some of the most the flashiest books are the books that we pick up first. But that's that's a question I want to ask the ladies because uh, as Arthur Wellsby just said, when he wrote the book, he wanted to write a character that would be attractive to women. So is that is that is that what you're looking for? Are y'all are, are y'all looking for security up front? Or y'all want to know if you got an education up front? Because I mean, don't nobody walk around with their degrees on their forehead. I mean, so what are y'all uh, <laughs> what are y'all looking for? Is that what you're looking for? I mean, don't and don't all answer at once. I mean, for real, is that is that what y'all want? Y'all want the tall, dark, and handsome. Visual is the start. Okay, what else? Somebody else. It, 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 visual is the start. Visual is the start. Visual is the start. Because I mean, looking at his book. Look at the cover. Changed. He has an attractive female. It's probably a female, a male. The, the, it's a male that females would probably. I ain't gonna never call him attractive because I'm just not gonna do that. But <laughs> so, but looking at the cover of the book, I mean that that would make you want to read the book. Likewise, if you see a guy and you see a picture of him or you see him in person. Do you ever look at him and you want to be like, I'm going to go on and I want to uncover that. I want to, you know, because do, do girls, I mean, do women look at me in the same way men look at women? And I ain't going to say how we look at it, but I'm going to let y'all wonder. All right. So some of y'all said, uh, Terry Thomas Bridges says, visual is the start. Cynthia said, I mean, I do want him to look good, but that's just a small part. I get it. I want to hear, I want to hear the diplomatic answer. Uh, Miss uh, Kimela Connard said, I love dark men. Do they have to be tall? Because <laughs> he said he had tall, dark hands. Okay. Uh, how you look at the heart? You got x-ray vision, Don Taylor? Don Taylor says she looks at the heart. Do, I mean, I'm talking about this is, we're talking about up front. I mean, I'm talking about this is initial encounter. We're not talking about it. We had a conversation, a cup of coffee, another day. We're looking at a picture. We're looking at a profile. We're looking at somebody walking in the club. I mean, do you, are you, are you, okay, how he, yeah, but you ain't got to the treating part yet. Never mind. We can, I ain't gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the answer. But it also depends on where you are in life. I like that answer, too. All right. So you gave us Jacob. Uh, you gave us Jacob. You made him uh, tall, dark, and handsome. You make him, made him what women want. 
And bro, the way you wrote that book, he, uh, how me go? You can talk talk about Jacob a little bit more for me, man. You talk about, it, but I don't want to talk. I don't, like I said, I want to give a little bit away, but I don't want to give too much away. So you, but we're gonna have the conversation. So you tell me a little bit more about him. What a, what a, what a, <coughs> uh, were you? I, and I'm gonna be funny when I'm saying this, but I'm not being funny in a sense. Right. Were you f- fulfilling the alter ego? By writing him in like that, no. Was that no, the, is I, he the is he the dude every dude wants to be or what? Who you wanted to be or whatever? You know what I'm saying? No, no, actually not. Not at this point of, of being 45. I'm past the Jacob Richardson stage. Uh, probably in my 20s. Okay, I would probably want to be like Jacob. Um, now it's more about companionship. Um, at this age. At this age, okay, I got um, you. But. You know, overall, I mean, I got a friend that's actually, um, he's a model. Um, and I, I just think one day I just kept seeing him change one woman after another. And I thought to myself, what is making these women pick this man over and over again? Mm-hmm. And I just knew from my experience with him, as far as him with women, that he really wasn't no good as far as like being with a woman Mm -hmm. um but these women were like really into him and for them they were just just something that the 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 sleep with um in their mind they probably had this fantasy of being with him and nine times out of ten he'll burst their bubble after he had sex with him so i just started thinking about like a story of why one particular guy is picked over another wow um some some men out here no matter how hard they try they can't get this particular woman and you got some dudes out here who care less and can get that woman in a heartbeat so i I was just trying to think about women choices so i tried to just come up with a guy that i thought that a vast majority of women would choose so jacob is that guy like he's um charismatic um he has his stuff together. Um, he's well spoken. Um, he would be a trophy husband if he was had his mind right. If he had his um, mind right, because he did show uh, he does exemplify himself to be a decent husband outside of the things he do okay. behind his wife's back. I, I agree. I agree. And 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 it's no. It's worth noting. That in the in the book, Jacob is only twenty eight. So most of us that are on this line are a little older than twenty eight. So we've passed the stage of what he was trying to accomplish at that time. But he was married. He was married, and and to an extent, was he happily married? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Do you he think what, you happy. he was definitely happily happily okay. married? It, okay. it was nothing to do with her. Nothing. Yeah. To do nothing that. to do with her and, yeah. and so so let's go ahead and let let them know uh in the book jacob is a serial cheater serial cheater uh uh everybody do me a favor right quick everybody real stop real fast everybody's in the end of the live right now share this three real quick so we let's get these let's get this up but here it is jacob was a serial cheater jacob had slept with how many women three thousand two hundred and thirteen women <laughs> 
did that was that did that number have any significance? No, it didn't. Okay, cool. So three thousand two hundred and thirteen women that he had slept with. Okay, his goal was to beat Wilt Chamberlain, who Wilt Chamberlain had already been noted to have slept with twenty thousand women. But the problem is, and here's the oxymoron: he's married. He's okay. All right. So here, here's uh, here's some pushback. Is uh, Jay? Can you see the comments? No. Okay. Terry says he couldn't be married happily married if he's cheating. Um, I disagree with that totally. People do that, like that. But you have to always do this here. That individuals, every individual is different. Every yep. individual cheats for a different reason. Absolutely. But if you read my book, you would honestly see that he was really happy with his wife. But he he just was dealing with an internal problem. And that, that, and you know what, man? And I'm glad you said that because it's so easy to 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 hear the end. You know, we, we used to have a story. So you, you you see the glory, but you don't know the story. You know what I'm saying? So to 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 say at the end that he. Uh, didn't love his wife, but not see it in context and not hear the rest of the story is it, it, is probably a little inefficient and, and and it's not true honestly because he he treated her like a queen. He never disrespected her uh, in 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 her face. Now he did do something. Behind, he did some. He did a whole lot behind her. And, and, and please understand, I am not justifying cheating. I am not. Oh no, he definitely wasn't happy internally. No, but he. But but externally, he took care. Of, he took care of his wife. He treated her like a queen. He cooked for her. He uh and wanted more from her, you know, than she sometimes was willing, willing to give. You know, I didn't know how to give. Didn't have a look like some of it. She didn't even have a capacity to give. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 a whole another story, in and of itself. But Jacob and Kim, that was their names in the book. They met in college. Uh, well, met long, long before college, right? And but then they had kind of grew up together. And uh, and they no, ended no, up. They, getting... they actually met in college. They met okay, met in college. Um, I told you I read it fast. I read it fast, so don't be mad. At it's me. all. It's okay. No, it, it, it being unhappy with himself, but not unhappy with his wife. He loved his wife. That was the question. Now I'm good at this. I promise you, I'm good at this. And I read the book, but uh, no, he was he was very happy. He was he and you, read the book. I promise you, I want you to read the book, and maybe you'll understand if you can read it without being biased up front. That because that that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna require a little work. I understand it's going to require a little. Uh, it's going to rock a, cre- a critical thought. It's going. It's going. It, but you, if you see it, uh, you, you'll understand what I mean. Let me ask you this right here, uh, and we, we'll go first. Who is your favorite character in the book? Um, well, it, it would definitely have to be Jacob Richardson, but he's the easy choice. So I'll go next to Benny, um, his, his best friend. Benny nickname, I mean, AKA uh, Mr. Greatness. Okay. Um, I just love the swag. Um, he reminds me so much of Rick Ross. Um, I kind of patterned the character after Rick Ross. Um, but I just wanted, he was just like that guy that's gonna come through no matter what. And I just love that relationship between him and Jacob, um, that he was able to boss up, boss up when, uh, when need be and be a friend when he needs to be and he was also his agent as well so they had a bunch of, they had a real complicated relationship gotcha. i like i like benny Terry the most, um, yeah. the most benny seemed to character. be very, benny seemed to be very mature can you hear me yes 
Okay. Benny seemed to be very mature, especially with, uh, and I'm going to answer some of y'all's questions in the chat in a minute. Uh, Benny seemed to be very, very mature, especially with uh, Jacob losing his parents so early in life uh, and, uh, not, and, and only having a grandmother to raise him. So to have that kind of big brother type figure, even brother James, huh? brother James, but don't give away too much of the story. Oh my God, my God, my, my, my brother. Story or... I'm yeah. trying to make okay. They, okay. They I can't get away the story. They they have to read it. They got to read. It. Okay, okay. I get, yeah. I'm trying my best not to tell too much of the story. All right, okay. Kristen Williams said, Kristen Williams said, how can you, you take care of now, Kristen? First of all, this is a fiction book. All right, it's not it's not a true story. I want to make sure we understand that. But the question is, but he did answer the question in the book. How can you take care of your marital duties? Sleeping with over 3,000 women. Ain't no way you have time to be married. Well, you want to tell them? Um, I'm, I'm, not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you from the book's point because I want you to read it, but I can't explain it um, just, just in general. So if I'm a person that has a goal of sleeping with 20,000 women, I have to have a system to it, right? So nine times out of 10, if I do have sex with a woman outside of my wife, nine times out of 10 after the sex, we're no longer talking or speaking. So I can just get away from that because the one thing that prevents a person from being a good cheater is having feelings for the outside person. Um, a person that wants to get away with cheating just understand what they have to do to get away with it. Um, most people that continue relationships nine times out of ten get caught for the simple fact that feelings get involved. Um, so my main character doesn't go through that because that's not what he's doing. He's just using women for their body. So you can do that and still love your wife, but you have to understand when you're dealing with a mental illness, or dealing with your own arrogance, which can be your own self-destruction, um, you would do things to put you in a situation where you can deceive somebody. People do it all the time. Yes. Pronounce that word for me again. It's pronounced satiriasis. Satiriasis. That is what Jacob was dealing with. Satiriasis. And he, he explains in the book, and you can Google it, uh, somebody's asking, is your book on Amazon? It is. Okay. So the book is on Amazon. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can find a link to it right quick, and I'll drop the link in the chat. Explain to them, if you would, while I'm finding it on Amazon, what, what, uh, what, uh, it, what, explain to them what satiriasis is. Okay. So, you know, pretty much all of my life, and I think most of us, all our, all our lives, have thought people with sex addiction were... Um, which called nymphomaniacs. And what I discovered while writing this book is that a nymphomaniac is only for a woman. And the word for a man that deals with a sex addiction is satiriasis. So that's the difference. And that's something I discovered by writing this book because I had to look up a lot of things with sex addiction. Um, so that's that's basically uh, what it is. Is a person that has uncontrollable urges. Um, uncontrollable urges to have to, to have sex. Um, and that, uh, see, I'm trying to now. I got to be careful how I got to walk on eggshells on how on how <laughs> to uh, to present parts of this now without giving away too much 
of the book because uh, I like you said, I, and I think they're going to want to read it anyway. I think they're going to want to read it anyway. But I'm trying to because because I'm res, I'm responding to their questions, but I would have to respond to it in context. You know what I'm saying? Like Terry Bridges says, "No, sir, you you love yourself. You might care about her, and because she's arguing or she's de, she's debating whether or not Jacob really loved. They don't understand. Well, no, uh, they're saying that you have to. You would never be at home and all this kind of stuff and. No, but that, that was not the case. <laughs> that's that's not necessarily true. I mean, like I said, when you, it's sort of like having a, a like a military type of mindset about your day, organizing your day, understanding what time I need to be home. If my wife calls me, I'm going to answer this and that. And it's not like he had sex with a, a different woman every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when you can find those opportunities that will work to his advantage he would take advantage but at the end of the day he was always there for his wife and that's the part that people would never understand like when it comes to certain things that i don't necessarily call them mistakes because they was done on purpose they only become a mistake once you get caught but at the end of the day most of us when we do have a separation from somebody we do go through those moments where we really understand where our mistakes were and how much we really do love that person. Uh, because at the end of the day, when you read my book, you will never see that he's mistreating his wife. Never. And he always wrestled with the fact that he was dealing with something mentally, though he mm-hmm. loved his wife. Yeah. And that's yeah. why the book is called Change, because throughout the book, he's always trying to find that place where he can change and seeking help from different entities to help him um be a better husband so you can say from your perspective that he didn't which i understand but if i'm gonna tell you as the author that i wrote him to love his wife i'm only telling you the truth and you will have to read the book to understand exactly what i'm saying and don and don that's a preconceived notion because she never heard in the book (laughs) you said love isn't supposed to hurt she never heard y'all are making assumptions like he got like some things happened that didn't even happen in the book his wife was well, well taken care of. Whenever he was home, she was home, he was home. He never, he never did anything to affect, he never allowed his cheating to affect his home. I know, we, I know the Bible, I know the Bible real, real good. He never, he never did any of those things. I, I'm real good at the Bible, I got that. <laughs> but, uh, but he never, ever did, any, she never felt mistreated. She never felt disrespected. She never felt anything but esteemed. He did. He went out of his way to make sure she was cool. I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm loving the comments. I'm for real, but I want y'all for real. I put the link in the chat. I'm gonna put it in there again. Go go buy the book so that way we can have this conversation again. Did, and did, maybe did he love her or not? Yeah, we can yeah, have that conversation. Then, yeah. Then you can. That's a whole different conversation. He did. <laughs> the, and yes, did he have a medical issue? Yes, <laughs> he did. The medical issue. Let me ask something. Do you think a person who has? I mean, there are sexual. What you call it? People who have sexual mm-hmm. addictions, okay, uncontrollable ill urges, though, and and some of that stuff is stuff that's rooted in them that might have caused a trigger in their life to cause them to start behaving that type of way. You got to read the book, but there's a reason why he did what he did. Thank you, Lisa Thomas. I, no, but I want y'all to comment because I want the comments to be high for my little algorithm and all that kind of stuff. So y'all, I'm joking, but y'all keep asking the questions. But uh, but but real talk. Once you see some of the stuff, I mean, when he had, I'm a, when he had that conversation with Dr. Gallagher, 
man, that was a that was a mood sh- that was a mind shifting conversation because oh boy hit him in the face with the very thing you know what I'm saying that he already knew because he had kept hearing the word it's being renewed, being renewed, being renewed, being renewed. Then all of a sudden he's hit dead in the face with who he actually is. And man, and so yeah, he did go to a shrink. He did go to a shrink. He didn't shrink. Okay, hold on. He doesn't know what love is if he thinks he loves his wife and can sleep with that 3,000 women. Okay. That, I'm doing it that way then. I'm making it easy. Okay. <laughs> but then you read the book and hopefully, I, hopefully, like I said, you, you'll see it different. I mean, there's, I mean, like, you know what? To me, uh, and let, let me just drop this one. This one, uh, I think sometimes we think the truth is so absolute, you know, and 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 you think that truth, your truth is your is, like is absolute. I mean, ladies, I'm, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and you're speaking out of your feelings, and I get it, but your truth is not absolute. That's relative. <laughs> your truth speaks to your situation. If you t- would have talked to his wife in that book, I promise you, she would have been very, very. She would have told you how happy she was. Now, you narrating the story in an armchair quarterback, you can say it how you want to say it, and I get it. But truth is not absolute. Truth is relative. And in this particular instance, what you're saying is not absolute. On the, on the surface, yeah, if you cheat on your wife, I get it. You, you, you're a scoundrel. you horrible. You can't, there's no way possible you love your wife, blah, 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 but then go live in that person. You, you don't know that. You, that's just your, that's your opinion, and that's cool. That's cool. Oh, let me see your comment. Let me back up because I know that Karen, Lady Karen will talk good to me. Yeah, that's that's the natural nar- narrative when it comes to cheating that you didn't love the significant other. So I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, but the thing is, is the the sat satirisis, whatever. Sat, sat, I can't pronounce. Yeah, I know I'm using satirisis. 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 I say I thought I said that a minute ago. So I was saying it right. Satirisis. Yeah, you I'm got a little off. I usually get most of my words together. You got it now. Satirize. Yeah, Uh, okay, satirize. Okay, I got it. So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, he did have a medical condition that could have been diagnosed. And everybody told him everything that you're saying, but, hey, was what it was. Was what it was. Let's talk about some more. uh, Let's talk about another character in the story. Uh, The little boy on the plane. Brad, tell me about Brad Lewinsky. Um, well, Brad Lewinsky, Lewinsky is uh, a character that I created because I read this book a while ago called The Jewish Phenomenon. Um, I would suggest any black person to read that book. It has some real game on how these Jewish people really be doing what they do. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I just thought he, he would be a good character uh, to shed light on some issues that African-Americans are having as far as from the financial sector. Um, also thought it was a way to bridge the gap between Jewish people and black people uh, for the simple fact that, you know, I could have used any race, um, but I just know the history of Jewish people in this country is from reading that book, a lot of the accomplishments they have done, um, being only 4% of this country population and I just thought it would be an interesting piece between him and Jacob. Okay. Do you want to explain that relationship, or you want to make them? You want to make them read the book? Or, oh, they got to read that part, man. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I kill the joy of it. You know what I'm saying? I kill the interest in it. I, I rather them read it and see what they get from it. Um, I have quite a few people um, that have spoken to me about that particular scene, 
uh, and they found it to be interesting. So I would like the people that are willing to read my book um, to have that same interest or being intrigued by what I just told you or gave you the gist of that particular scene. Yes. Well, yeah, and that because that was that was a very I mean, I'm not gonna say anything about it, but it was an interesting scene. Uh for the short time that they were together, the impact that that the young man made, you know, on Jacob. Uh which uh uh because Joe Jacob, even though he was sex addict, he was successful, model, all these things, he was still a sponge and he was learning and he recognized, you know, when uh when he when learning opportunities arise arose, I think he did, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, even with that little boy, he could have, uh, he could have, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's definitely it. Uh, Kristen, she asked, was that it? Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I think that was a powerful encounter between, uh, between, uh, Jacob and the young man, uh, Brad. So let's, let's talk. And so, you know, in the book, you know, we, we talk about Jacob. And him sleeping with three thousand women and all this type of thing and how 3, he was married. Three thousand two hundred and thirteen. Yeah, three thousand two hundred thirteen. That's that's the number. That's the only number we're gonna put out there. But the three thousand two hundred thirteen people he slept with were what? Women, right? Yes. Yo, so, yes. so he didn't sleep with himself. No. Okay. He slept with three thousand two hundred thirteen women, and yes. some of the three thousand two hundred thirteen women knew he was married, right? Some of them. Yeah. So my, my point is they were culpable as well. They exactly. they participate. Yeah. I mean, we can we can we can throw it all on the man is the only one that cheats and the only man is the only one that is is the villain in the scenario, but but in order for him to cheat, he had to have somebody to cheat with. And 3,213 of them were women. Some of them he did deceive, don't get me wrong, a lot of them he did, but some of them were women who were married. <laughs> Some were in power, but different. I, I gotta let you read the book. But so, with that being said, he wasn't the only trifling one in the story. It was some other trifling people in the story as well. So, it, and it didn't all fall on the man, did it? No, um, I think I think women. This is my opinion. Have been playing the victim for a very long time, <laughs> just for the simple fact that a lot of women don't get caught cheating, oh, so they can okay. go to their graves and say what they've never done. Knowing in the back of the in the back of their mind, you know they know they have done something at some point. Man, come on. Um, and I can be honest, like I've had my time. I'm not trying to put my personal story out here, but when I was younger, I was a little something. I was something else, and I'm pretty sure some of the women I had cheat on their dudes or whatever the case may be. I'm pretty sure still to this day, in her mind, she has a clean record when she knows the stain there somewhere. Oh, yeah. So I think um, some women, they live in denial. Bro, um, I've had, I, bro, I ain't gonna lie, being re real talk, and I'm, I'm telling too much of my business, but hey, it is, I, I do it all the time on this show, and I'm divorced now anyway, so I'm divorced for a reason. So yeah, I did I did mess up during my marriage. But I had people uh, who would mess with me when I was married <laughs> that don't want to mess with me when I'm single, though. Not that I'm interested. You know what I'm saying? So... But with that being said, who's trifling in that scenario? Because it's so easy to practice point the finger writers. It's so easy to you know to try to you know what people want to say. Men are trifling, or men are this. I mean, cheating. I mean, people are trifling. It ain't just men trifling, women trifling. People are trifling. Okay, so we need. I, you know what I tell people all the time that I think one thing that it's going to take to really help cure our community, and and that's 
that's really the goal of these conversations is to start the path or the process to trying to kill, you know, to cure our community, right? And but for that to work, do you realize? I think that men and women, black men and black women, are going to have to reconcile. In other, it's going to involve it's going to have to involve us saying we're sorry, uh, y'all saying y'all accept our apology, and then you know we could kind of start the process of healing because both of them trifling in that situation. I agree, Lisa. Both of them trifling. I, what everything I did, I did it. I promise you, I did it. I, I told people my wife probably deserved. I deserved to be left because I grew up too late in the marriage. By the time I grew up, of course, I was. I, I had grown out of that phase, and because oh, it was a phase, uh, but I grew out of it. And uh, and but the growing pains uh, had produced so much pain that we had to amputate. You know what I'm saying? We had to cut it off, and that and that's what she, what was best for her. And I get it, but it's got to come to a point at some point where black men can stop and black women can stop pointing the finger at each other. Right. And we can reconcile and say, guess what? We both messed up in this situation and we can start trying to process the process of healing. What do you, do you, what do you think about that? Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, my book series is pretty much about that. Okay. Um, I would, I wouldn't have sat there and just wrote a book as if I'm doing a Zane book and nothing against her as a writer. But my my book has substance when it's when it's come to the black family, okay. And why we destroy our families half the time, and most of the times it deals with um, financial reasons, um, cheating. Um, I forgot the other one. Um, I guess growing apart type things, but I think one of the biggest things is cheating. Uh, why our families are being separated so much uh, when a woman just gets so to the point where she just can't tolerate it no more or a man being cheated on they can't tolerate it anymore uh, you really have cases where it's just like it's just not working and let's just separate um vast majority of the times which i believe um i don't know the statistics exactly but what i will say or what i believe is it's just due to infidelity um, I think you have more people that's um, getting into open relationships. Isn't that something? Um, yeah, I, saw I, I don't know if that's a way of them just giving up on hope on a person being faithful. Um, but you have a lot of those type of relationships coming about now. Um, you have quite a few people, I think, um, poly relationships uh, where you can have two women or one can have two men. Um, that's becoming more acceptable now. Um, but for the rest of the world that believes in traditional or Americans that believe or Westerners that believe in traditional relationships, um, the disappointing part is just believing in their mind that, you know, if they, cause most people, they look at relationships like this here. If I do this, this should equal that. So for example, if a woman sit there and say, well, I cook, I'm loyal. I have sex with you when you need to. I'm there for you when you need this. I'm supportive, all this other stuff. And in the back of her mind, she's saying, all I want for you is show the same loyalty by not going out there sleeping with other women. So you have to understand the disappointment in a woman when she finds out that you're sleeping with somebody else. Oh, absolutely. It takes a piece of, it takes a piece away from me. the loyalty, the betrayal, I mean, the, I mean, the disloyalty. The betrayal, man. I watched it. You know, man. I ain't gonna lie. I witnessed it. That was that. And that's that. That hurts. And that. And that was it. That was Jacob's biggest fear in in the book. You know, because he didn't want to see because he did 
care for her the way he did or love her the way he did. He didn't want to see her hurt. You know what I'm saying? He was going to do everything in his power to keep her from being. I'm not not telling too much about the book. No, not to tell too much about the book. Uh, That's a good part. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Let's see. So you talked about the open relationship. Lisa Thomas said open relationships are just people settling because they don't want to be alone. Does that sound about right? Once again, it's always individuality. And that's that's the thing. Nothing. That's why I keep saying that truth is not absolute. Like I talked. I talked to a woman one time and she told me she wanted to be in a poly relationship. She's that was her saying because she said she didn't want to have to be responsible for giving him sex whenever he wanted. She wanted to share that responsibility. And then oh. she liked women too. So she wanted to be able to have somebody to play with. So, I mean, people have, you know what? That's why, you know, I, I heard you a minute ago, Terry, where you said uh, that truth is not really, the truth should have boundaries. You know what I'm saying? But isn't it interesting how God, when he made us, he gave us all different fingerprints. So if he gave us all different fingerprints, don't he kind of give us different ways of thinking? And if we do think different, it's okay for because most times people debate and argue over each other's opinions. You know what I mean? I mean, how can I how can I debate you uh, based on what what you believe? You know what I'm saying? Because that's that whole legalism thing to me. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's one of the biggest issues in the world to me, especially with church and all those types of things. Is we talk about how uh, their permissive will and freedom of this and freedom of that and where the spirit of the Lord is freedom. But then all of a sudden we want to holler legalism, legalism. We can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. And so and 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 so we don't sometimes we don't even know. Now, I'm going to leave that part alone. That's that's some. Hold on. Don Taylor said there's some freaky MFs that just like variety. That's true. Uh, OK, when I was told about the women who want poly. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, Lady Karen Hayes said, I know a few like that, too. Uh, there is no other relationship other than traditional. Everything else is flesh. Now that's that's a statement based on premise. <laughs> if your premise is Western, which we are, and we've been in Western culture for all these years, and that's all you know, then yeah, that's what you're gonna go with. But that's it's not like that everywhere else in the world. And so, and and it's probably well, I'm not like I said, I don't feel I'm, I don't want to talk go go too deep into that because, like I said, we that would be a conversation that we can have. All night, um, all night, every night. So, how many? How many? You have how many different? Ver- how many different copies? Of, you how many? How many uh, parts of this book do you have? Because I got part one right. Okay, so have, okay. So you got um, you got my first book, which is uh, change. You will never look at cheating the same way again. Um, this basically the start. Um, to the series um it opens you up um to what co- goes on further further down the line um right now it has a five point star rating on amazon okay um, a lot of people tell me this is what they say i i didn't say it some people uh says that the book is a page reader quite a few people that told me they didn't read this book in one day you you just heard brother james say he read 250 pages in one day, uh, which is excellent on his part. That tells me a lot of levels of intention. I mean, of, of, of paying attention that he has. Um, some people, they can probably only read one or two pages, but the people that really don't like to read, all of them done told me that they love the book. So anyway, let's get to the next book. The next book is Changed to the Consequences of Cheating. This okay. book here is what the women really want to see what happens to jacob that's i need that book part one 
women, this this what the women are waiting for right here. But you well, I ain't a read. woman, but I need I ain't a woman, but I need that book. <laughs> I need yeah, I need that book because when you the way you left this last one off, okay, you're wrong for that. Let me just say that right now, hey, you're man, wrong you're for how you left me hanging at the end of the freaking book, man. You wrong for that, okay? But go ahead. Hey man, a lot of people told me they, they be looking for me at the part one. <laughs> so anyway, so it's a trilogy. So with with every story, it has to be a redemption at some point. Okay. So the last book is Change Three: The Redemption of Jacob Richardson. And that just pretty much, you know, we to the point where at the beginning we was arrogant. And then we get to the point where we're humbled. And then we learn to redeem ourselves. It's just like a marriage breaking up. When you first break up, I mean, while you're in the marriage, think you can do what you want to do and your wife going to stay there. Oh, I'm paying all the bills. I'm loving her. I'm bringing her roses. I'm hiding my girls very well from her. She done went through my phone a couple of times and I done lied my butt off and said, they ain't nothing but a friend. What you talking about? And one thing about a woman, a woman's intuition is very strong. So even if she don't go back and forth with you, don't think she don't know what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. So by the absolutely. time you get done with that, that first part of that book, then you go through the part where you're trying to get her back. Don't we all do that after our mistakes? Don't we try to cry? Ah, <laughs> please come back to me. I'm going to change. But it's too late. Because one thing about a human being, they get tired of being mistreated. And when you beat their spirit down and you beat their heart down, there's something called the thrill is gone. They ain't even happy yeah. to see you no more. And they ready to get away from you. But at the end of the day, sometimes those relationships never work out again. But at the end of, end of the day, you can have a friendship with them. Yeah. That's one thing I came to know about when you hurt people, that you might not be able to have them again physically, but you can have a friendship with them. And that's sometimes true. that's the way God just designed that situation to be. And a lot of people don't want to believe that that they still in their mind, I can get them back or I can get them back. And really, you can't. Even if you get them back physically, mm. they're still not with you. So we have to be conscious of whether we can sit there and say, okay, we're in the Western society and we should still live like the Africans and all. Listen here. These black women ain't trying to hear what you're talking no. about. That's something like game to them. Oh, no Cause, doubt. Because they have learned a different system. Mm-hmm. And and they've been dealing with that system down there all their life. So all of a sudden, and they, that is important. You're going to tell them, let's do it the African way. And I can have all these women I want. Nah. And she cooking and cleaning. For some people, yeah, they're going to do it. But I say a vast majority of these women, they ain't having it. It's either nah. them or nobody else. And that's fair. I mean that that's fair. Now, now, numerically, somebody's gonna get left out, <laughs> but by the mere fact that it's three million more black women in the world than it is black men, uh, so somebody numerically, somebody's gonna get left out. But everybody wants their own man, and you know what? They should have their own man. You know, uh, like you say, I, I agree with you 100, percent Mr. Wellsby, that we live 
in this culture. We've been enculturated. Um, we uh, That's all we know. <laughs> you know, we only go with what we know for the most part. So the vast majority of women want their own man and deserve their own man. Um, and, and sadly, so many men, because the pickings are so many, they take advantage of that picking uh, and they cheat and operate outside of their relationship, operate outside their marriage. But uh, but you're right. And I think R. Kelly said it best, didn't he? He said, when a woman's fed up, ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> it's like running out of love. It's too late to talk about it. And 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 and, and that's exactly what it is. That's that, And that's my mantra at the, at, on this day. In relationships, we grow up, you know, and, 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 and growing up in relationships, you can either grow apart, but hopefully if you do it right, you'll grow together, you know. But uh, either way, if you uh, either way, if you grow apart, grow together, you're going to have some growing pains. And the question is or, or the, the, the challenge is to manage the growth, to manage the growth. And and most of us and you I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. Most of us and y'all, if you don't agree with tell me, I don't care. I'm used to being disagreed with. Most of us don't like pain. We don't like pain. And because we don't like pain, we don't want to go through the process of healing uh, because pain taking going from pain in the process of healing uh usually involves some uh, for number one it might involve surgery it might involve uh rehabilitation uh it might involve uh you know taking medication for a long period of time or whatever it is but the pro- but 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 pain to manage the pain uh involves a process but lisa watch this we we as a culture rather than heal we would rather amputate let me let that marinate for a hot second. We as a culture, rather than go, th- because we're in pain, because we're in pain, rather than heal, go through the process of healing, we'd rather amputate rather than do the thing that's necessary uh, to build that relationship back. I know we're a little bit outside of the book right now, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jay, I'm not, I went a whole different direction on that. But that that that's what it is, because I mean, I mean, because out of people, everybody in the, everybody in the chat right now. If your husband or wife cheated on you, would you leave them? Yes or no? If you, if you, if you're married, and I, I know most of us probably are single, but if 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 you're single, if you let's just say if you were married, would you cheat? I mean, if he cheated, would you leave? Would you leave? Answer that question for me. Yes or no? That's that's a simple answer. Yes or no? That's a simple answer. Yes or no? If you saw him changing, he's growing up. Is it? But do they grow up too late? That's the, Jay. Do they grow up too late? Do we grow up too late sometimes? Um, yeah, I think I think some people mature later than others. Um, after destroying so many relationships, some people start figuring out like maybe it's me and not the other person. So maturity comes over time, and at that time we might be to the point where we might have to use Viagra. <laughs> They, they they just they just it's just what it is with certain men once again it starts for the most part childhood gotcha childhood. can we talk can we can't talk about childhood we can't talk about jacob's childhood can we um you 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 tell him how you would want to say it i'm not going to say it i mean i wouldn't, tell I wouldn't necessarily want to talk about it. I, I can give you an example of mine as an author that possibly could relate to his childhood um, I think I think some of my problems was the the type of music that I, music that I listened to 
when I was younger. So a lot of the music that, that I listened to, um, you know, they they downgraded women. Um, I grew up with bitches and hoes, uh, pretty much, you know, throughout my childhood. Um, I had an uncle that was a player. Um, I used to like watching black exploitation movies. I used to love the Mac. I used to love um, Dynamite, I think it was, or um, Willie you know, all those type of movies. Dolomite. Dolomite, my bad. Dolomite, those yeah. type of movies. Um, Boomerang was one of my favorite movies. Um, How to Be a Player was one of my favorite movies. Wow. So with all those things being instilled in my head, um, that's why I said cheating is a pride thing. Yeah. Uh, being able to get away with it. Um, just seeing all the guys that was getting all the girls. Um, I was always wondering to myself, like, what made women like this particular guy or another? Um, so in a nutshell, I, I found my own lane with it. Um, like I said, just due to childhood. Um, yeah, people like at a young age watching porn. Um, wow. Porn plays a major part in it. Um, mm -hmm. Like you have more kids watching it now than when I was growing up because they have access to it on their phone or they'll figure out a way to get it on their phone. So with those type of images running through your head, you, you can see why so many sexual um, deviants um, out here. Mm -hmm. um, go on Instagram, have the time, you know, you're going to run into a woman with being half naked. Um, so you got to understand like your mind has a spot that it's like an endorphin when you see the opposite sex if you're a heterosexual. Mm -hmm. So once that's going on all the time, then I mean, you can't help but want somebody else outside of what you have at home, no matter how fine she is. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a real disciplined man to turn down a fine woman. Yeah. Um, or he's a man of status. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, like a president that would def definitely not risk, you know, him being a president for sex outside of um, uh, Bill Bill Clinton. Um, but the rest of them, some men just off their status won't cheat. But you have a lot of men out here that don't have status, mm -hmm. so they don't have nothing to jeopardize outside of their marriage. And if they feel like their woman can't catch them, then it's like, you know, oh, well, like I'm, I'm just acting as a man. And that's the excuse that most men use is I'm just being a man. That's mm -hmm. our nature. Mm -hmm. But when you keep using that excuse and you keep destroying your home because of what you have perceived or the narrative is, then what do you have when you have to pay child support for five, six kids? Because that's just your nature wow now that just becomes a government uh, issue whereas then we need to have a conversation with the government and start telling them like yo like why should she deserve alimony um because i cheated because this is my nature mm. but they won't they won't ever have that type of conversation no they'll never have that conversation that's a that's interesting that's interesting and, and ladies when you when you read the book and i hope y'all order it you're gonna you're gonna see the trauma that uh that Jacob encountered, and he did, and uh and and uh, and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, the way you where you placed it in the book, 
was perfectly placed. You know what I'm saying? Because it almost to, in a sense, you're looking at him, how he was and how he, you know, how he, how he moved, how he operated. And then all of a sudden you understood a little bit more of why, you know what I'm saying? If now if I, I had known that in the beginning, I probably would have read it with a whole different, you know, with a different eye or in a different light. Right. But when you, but where you placed it at and when you brought that, that aspect of the story out, uh, it kind of made me, you know, uh, kind of feel for Jacob a little bit more. Cause man, Jacob was, like I said, although he was that dude, he was still a scoundrel. He was, he, he was a scoundrel, but he was that dude. He was, he was that dude. He was, he was really that dude. Uh, y'all got y'all, Okay. So let me look at this. Some of the, I asked that question a minute ago. Would you, uh, would you leave? Mia Thomas said, no, Karen, lady Karen said, probably not. Don Taylor said, it depends. My mouth says yes, but my heart might feel different. Uh, when I was talking about amputation, Terry Thomas said sometimes am- amputation is necessary. Okay. Uh, Lisa Thomas said, if he cheats once, I'll forgive him and figure out how to work towards mending our relationship. If it happens again, I'm out. Okay. So y'all, 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 y'all I like, I love y'all. Y'all are good. So y'all, are, y'all, are, y'all understand that sometimes things might just happen. You like, you're about to say, were you about to say something, sir? Um, I'm going to say that the funny part about she me at this point, I say for a woman, if she cheats on me, I'm pretty much probably to have that conversation, but I'm pretty much out. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I feel like you're going to do it again. And it might not be with the same person. It might be with somebody else. But once again, it's a case by case situation. But you have a lot of people like they just thirst for that. It's, it's like the thrill. You have some people that sell drugs. Right? Not even, it, it gets to the point they done made all the money in the world. And now it just becomes a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with cheaters at times. It's just, it's just a lifestyle. Wow. It's like it's like it's almost like you're going through rehabilitation at all times. It's like when you're out, you have to tell yourself, don't do this. Wow. It's, 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 that's just how serious serious it becomes with people. And I'm telling you, I went, women and men like that. They grew up with that behavior. In high school, when they got upset, they always confide in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that situation of confining that person can lead to sex. Mm-hmm. And that pattern persists throughout their um, adulthood. Whereas in the minute something go wrong, I'm at the bar having a drink, you know, um, alcohol pff, give you a high chance of possibly having a one night stand or, or at least getting that person number. Really? So that's yeah, it's definitely in Atlanta. Get out, go to some of these brunches and bars and let the woman, cause women, I think women damn they're drinking more than men now. Really? So I'm, I mean, I'm totally oblivious. That, now that one, I'm totally oblivious on. I, ain't, I started preaching at 21, so I ain't, I never really got into the nightlife style like that. I, I'm preaching at 21. I got married at 26, but I was dating at 23. Well, never mind. My math don't really matter in this situation. But no, that's that's. I, I never made that. One. That one ain't never been one of my testimonies. I, I don't have that 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 notch on my belt or that sense of pride. I guess if 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 you will, let me ask you a question. When writing the book, did you seek any information like from therapists or what kind of research did you do uh to um, understand 
Well, first of all, I, I really wanted to tell an accurate story. Okay. I'm big on when I put information out there that you can fact check everything that I've said. Okay. And you can fact check everything throughout my books. And I'm a pretty sure I'm 100% correct just from the research that I did um, prior to writing the book and doing the book. Um, psychology was my major before I stopped going to college. Okay. Um, and I've always been intrigued by the mind. Mm -hmm. So I definitely wrote this book from a psychological standpoint. Um, just for the simple fact, I wanted you to understand what was going through his head as he looked at things from his perspective. Um, I also did a lot of research on sexuality. Okay. Um, I had to study the human anatomy male and female so when i was talking about certain body parts i was you called them out but also be accurate on his actual name yeah. so i did a lot of research i wanted to be correct i wanted to educate people as much as educate myself as i wrote this book um as well as entertain people during the process yeah it was it was definitely relevant because the places that you talked about well, places that I've heard, I've never been to Miami, but uh, but but places that you've heard about, you know, what I'm saying or whatnot, and uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was very relevant, very accurate, uh, even you know, as they went from city to city and all those type of things. But man, I, but I, I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't ready for that ending. I wasn't ready for those last couple of chapters. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I mean, I because like I said, it when I was reading it today, it was like a thoroughbred, you know, trying to make it around the track, and you know how you hit the finish line and the horse stretches for the end. I mean, yeah. I had so mo I had so much momentum by the time I got to chapters twenty three and twenty four. You know that I was, and the chapters start getting shorter as you get towards that part of the book anyway. So I'm like just going through it, going through it, going through it. Then all of a sudden I hit a brick wall. Like what? And I'm like, ah! I wanted to call you, and I called you immediately as soon as I finished reading the book. And I'm like, and then you like, oh yeah, it's part two. I'm like, I'm gonna need that part two, bro. Because <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have stopped reading in the day. I would probably still be reading right now, just to hear that man. Because the, the way, the way you ended it, bro, that would make anybody won't have to read part two. Because if you don't, the story is like that's like watching. They only give you four episodes of Power, and you gotta wait till, and it's it's June, but you gotta wait till January. To get the next season, you know what I'm saying. So when I when I saw when you did that to me today, I really thought that was rather rude and mean. But I I understand. I get it. <laughs> it's perfect. I'm joking. I'm being I'm being super. Yeah, I had, I had quite a few people. Um, yeah, that's how they came at me, man. I had people looking for me, man. They was really, really? looking for me. Really? Yeah. Really? So I so had. How did you? Um, once I had got done with part one, I was like, well, definitely have to finish part two. I have to write it. Um, I took a break for a while um, just to get myself mentally prepared to do it again. Um, writing is not easy. Okay. Um, it's very time consuming. Um, I see why so many actors and actresses get on drugs. Oh, really? You become the characters. Wow. Um, you really do. You become whoever you're writing about at that time. So you got to understand, like, writing a book is like being a director. Whether I thought about that. I never thought. I was like, you know what? I actually directed. Yeah. A, 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 you know, a book. I can see that. be a movie. I but can see you that. you have to set up your scenes. You have to give the background of the characters. 
Yeah. You have to be the narrator. You did it. You you're everything. You're every character in the book. Every, you did it. I am Bro, king. You... I am all them people. I have to write their voice. So Bro. it's it's a lot when you're when you're writing a book that people do not even understand. Bro, I but while you while I'm reading it. I'm questioning that because I mean I never majored in psychology, but I took a couple of psychology courses, and uh, but I'm I'm literally trying to understand your mind while you're writing this. Like when you introduce Kiki, boy, Kiki blew me away. You know what I'm saying? Quickly, you know what I'm saying? Fast, and it was in a moment because like he's here one second, he takes a quick little retrospect, right quick, then he comes back to the present. You know what I'm saying? It's just and all you're narrating all of these scenes with words and I'm able to see all of these scenes, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, and these are like in a moment while he's standing in the driveway and all of a sudden he has a flashback and then all of a sudden, boom, okay, let me go on with the rest of my day. And then I'm back in regular time, (laughs) but you're able to do that through a book. (laughs) And so that means you're having to organize. Do you have to use charts, anything to write? I mean, did you, did the characters develop as you were writing the book? Or did you have the characters up front and then you inserted them in the book? And like you had a chart that says Kiki going to be like this and Latasha, whatever name, going to be like this. And uh, Melissa's going to be like this. And, you know, how did you I mean? Did they did the characters just organically develop or what? They really did. They organically um, developed um, for the simple fact that I write without an outline. Um, I write my book from the top of my head. I write as I go. Um, I'm actually a barber, so while I'm at the barber shop, I can be cutting hair, and I can be thinking about my characters as I'm cutting hair. And then I basically just go home and just write a scene. Um, I, I kind of organized the story in my head. Okay. Um, I knew what was going to happen next, and I, basically what I did was I write up to the climax scene. Okay. So then that's when I do my fillers. Those are the fun parts because really you don't know where you're going at with your story. You just know you have to get to this specific part of the book. Okay. So all the other stuff is just fun. You're making up as you go. And you're making up the characters as you go. You're making up their names. Um, I didn't know anybody's name what? until I got to that point. I could be actually looking on Facebook and I could see somebody's last name. And I'm like, okay, that might be that character's last name. I might see another person with a first name. And I'm like, okay, that's the person's first name. Um, it's just a gift that God gave me. Like, um, I, I just can't write with a with an outline. But I knew I knew my story, mm-hmm. and I knew how to organize it in my head. So that's that's the way I came up with it. I already knew what the end was going to be. Wow. I already knew. Now, did you, you when you said the end of? You knew what the end was going to be. Is that the end of book one or end of book three? Okay, well, to be honest, I knew the end of book three. Book one, big book one, I got to a certain point. I was like, you know what? I think it's a good place to stop that. Because I remember when I did, I said, oh, crap. I (laughs) said, man, this is a cliffhanger. And I say this would probably intrigue somebody else to read part two. Because if you think about it, if I would have wrote um, one book, that's just how quick it would have been. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just in, in this 100, I think 80,000 words each book, if not 200,000 some odd each book. So that, that's a lot of writing. 
Yeah. So I just wanted, I wanted people to, I kind of like dumbed it down a little bit for the simple fact that, you know, a lot of people are writing shorter books now. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to give a person enough of a book, whereas in it's, it's long enough, but it's short compared to a lot of books that I grew up reading. So I tried to play up on the people's atten- attention span. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to read all that in one day. No. Nah. I mean, if, if you did it that way, I wouldn't have been able to, and I probably wouldn't have ever read all of it, to be honest with you. But uh, how long did it take you to write all three? Uh, three years. versions? Huh? Eight years. Eight years? I thought you said 30 years at first. I, I remember no, like no, 30 I'm like 30 years. I'm not that old. I see the grades, <laughs> but I'm not that old. No, not that old. It just took eight. It took eight. It took four for the first one. It took four for the other two. Really? Four yeah. years. Wow. It, I published the book in 2017. Okay. The first okay. one. And then I just published the other two in 2021. All right. So in, so anybody in the chat or anybody who's listening, if you're writing a book, stop putting so much pressure on yourself to get it finished. You see what he just said? It took him four years to write the first version or the first uh, first book and four more years to write the next two books. So if you don't stop putting so much, I'm trying to write something too now, Jay, to be honest with you. And I put so much pressure. I tried to get myself a deadline and I am so far behind. I mean, I'm so far behind on my deadline, but uh, I know what I want to write about. It's all, it's all in my head. I just got to get it out. I just got to get it all out. And when I do, so, it's going to so be, this, I know. This, this one thing that helps me write and not to cut you off, but I just want you to hear this out. Um, I, I'm not writing for a publishing company. Okay. When, when, you, when you write for a publishing company, they have a deadline for you. And pretty much you have to meet it just, I guess, for whatever the contract you may have came up with them, that they mm-hmm. want you to produce this amount of books in two, three years. So you're not up under a contract. You're, your only contract that you have with yourself is to complete. Okay. Hold on. You, you hit your mute button, Jay. Oh. You hit your mute. You hit okay, your something after your mute. Okay, we got you. Now? Yeah, we got so, you. So what I told somebody the other day was, I said, man, you got to live every day like there's a possibility you're going to die. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you have to do that because at the end of the day, that's how I do things when it comes to writing. I don't, And I don't mean in a negative way. I'm, what I'm saying is I don't know my time on earth. Mm-hmm. So if I sit there and say every day I put something towards what my purpose is in life, and what my real ultimate dream is sooner or later is going to happen okay but i just have to plug away every day so basically all i did was write two pages a day five days out the week i had 10 pages a week which equaled out to 40 pages a month and that was my way of writing my book mm. gave me the weekends where i no longer stressed my normal time was waking up at 4 a.m to write and then at night I'll come home and read over it. So I tell anybody, man, if you really want to write a book, you can. It's okay. just up to you to stop putting so many things in front of what you really want to do for yourself. Gotcha. 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 Well man, we appreciate you man for coming on tonight. Like I said, uh we've uh we've uh had a good conversation, I believe. And uh, I I think people are, are their interests are peaked enough to want to go and purchase the book. I'm going to put the book, the name of the book in the chat, well, the link to the book one more time in the chat for those that are that are interested in ordering the book. Uh, 
and uh, do me a favor. Go and purchase the book and support Brother Wellsby. And I'll appreciate you a whole lot. Man, you have do you have any other closing words before you get out of here? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some of my announcements before I leave. And and then but I ain't gonna hold you for that if you don't want you're good. Anything else you need to, did you want to share with the people? Read my book. I promise you won't be disappointed. And you'll find out that there are men that love their wife even though they cheat. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Thank you for coming, man. We'll talk to you later, okay? I'm going. I'm going to go to. Hey, well, we got to meet soon to get that book. I'm about to go to Waffle House in a minute, though. But uh, we got. Okay. We got to. I'm hungry. But we got to. We got to meet so I can get that book from you. Okay. All right. And no I, I'll, re I'll reach out to you soon, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming. All right, on. Thanks for having me. All right. No problem. Yeah. You'll be good. All right. So we uh we appreciate him for coming on tonight and uh sharing his book. And I want you all for real, if you will, please, ma'am, please, sir, go and purchase his book now. Uh, we're going to do a Monday night live on a Tuesday, tomorrow night, starting at the same time, nine o'clock. We're going to start at nine o'clock and tomorrow we're going to do a different topic. We're going to have a little fun and, uh, I'm probably going to have a couple of people on with me, some panelists on with me tomorrow night. And we're going to talk about this friend zone thing. We're going to talk about being stuck in the friend zone and, uh, how can, is it possible to move from the friend zone to the end zone. So tomorrow night we're going and I got some uh I got some insight from some brothers tonight at the barbershop today and I'm going to share that insight uh with uh with you uh, with you all tomorrow. So I've enjoyed tonight's show. Uh, uh it was interesting. Uh we're going hopefully we got a different perspective on cheating. I get it. I know it, it's hard to imagine that somebody can love you, but when someone's going if we going if we going to blame some things on mental illness and not other things on what well, I'm going to leave that part of it alone. But uh but yeah, the, the man was suffering with some serious, serious things. And I really wanted to talk a lot more about the book, but that would be more probably in a book club setting, more so than giving all of the details of his book, because he wants you to read the book. And I don't blame him. He wants you to read the book so that you can understand uh, everything that's going on. And uh, I ain't gonna lie, Lady Karen, it was a whole bunch I wanted to say because Jacob was a mess. He gone. Should I talk about it since he's gone? No, I'm not going to do that. That would be wrong. He might be mad at me if I do that. But but tomorrow night we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about uh what I say friend zone. If the friend zone really exists and uh and if it does exist, how do we end up getting stuck in the friend zone? And if we get stuck in the friend zone, is it possible to move from the friend zone to the end zone? And what are the ramifications if we uh if we one person shoots their shot? And the other one is not receptive. Can we go back to being friends again the way it was? We're going to talk about all that tomorrow night at 9 o'clock p.m. I'm not going to do it. 9 o'clock p.m. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all for our normal show. Tomorrow, tomorrow, like I said, we're going to deal with uh, Friend Zone. Next week, we're going to talk about what better looks like uh, and have a fit, couple of fitness instructors on. And we're going to talk about fitness and all that type of thing. I'm just trying to help our community, y'all. So if y'all uh, if y'all stay with me, I think uh, over time we'll we'll start to make an impact. It might not happen overnight, but it will happen over time, and that's what I want to do. So I want to thank all of you all for coming by and hanging out with me tonight. Like I said, tomorrow night nine o'clock. If we do it right, we can get it done in about an hour, hopefully, and um uh, and I can start being a little bit more respective of your time. I didn't keep you two hours a night; I only kept you for an hour almost an hour and a half and we're about to go. So I'm going to say good night and I will see you all on 